your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And as we do every Wednesday before game day, we are breaking down what Kirk Ferentz said in his press conference. He had a lot to say about injuries. We are going to be without Riley Moss, so we're going to be talking about how does Iowa put out a defense without Riley Moss against a very interesting and unique Wisconsin offense that Iowa hasn't faced to this point. We're going to see a lot of 4-3, potentially even some 4-4-3. So how does Iowa vary their alignments based off of that? He also mentioned a lot about the offensive line and the growth or lack thereof there. Talked a little bit about mobility at quarterback and also what he has seen from the wide receiver position. So we're covering all that on the show today. I do want to take a second to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. It's that easy. You can get it every single day for free. We post episodes Monday through Friday, so awesome stuff there. And a reminder that on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be joined by the Locked On Badgers host, Asher and Ben, we're breaking down what to expect in this game, doing a nice little Thursday crossover episode. So let's get into it today, though, breaking down Kirk Ferentz's press conference again. A lot of things he said. Let's kick it off, though, with injuries, because that's really what is going to be important coming into this game. We need some guys healthy. And I thought the expectation was that Riley Moss might be able to go in this game. In fact, reports are coming out that he might actually be able to go. And all the players were saying, yeah, there's a chance. We feel like he's ready to roll. Well, Kirk Ferentz got up in his press conference and very quickly shut that down. He said, Riley won't make it. He will not be ready to go. He also said, Deontay Craig looks doubtful. Unless something special happens, another week probably without both of those guys. That is crushing blows for the Iowa defense. Now, Deontay Craig, not a starter, but as we heard from Phil Parker last week, Iowa does like to rotate their defensive linemen out. And we knew that. We've known that for the last couple of years. However, what's important about that is every guy you lose means more snaps for each guy on that line, and that does become very tiring, especially when you're going up against a Wisconsin team that is going to be incredibly physical at the line of scrimmage. So you need all the guys you can get, so you can get 20 to 25 very good snaps from those guys. Now you're expanding the snap duties by 5, 10, 15 potentially per player, which makes a big impact. Riley Moss being gone is probably the biggest impact, though. Now, you look at Wisconsin, you say, this team sucks at passing. Graham Mertz threw the ball eight times against Purdue, and they won. Wisconsin does not throw the ball well. We know that. There's no one to be overly concerned about from a wide receiver perspective. They have a very good tight end. However, really what their bread and butter is is running the football. So you're thinking, Andrew, why does Riley Moss matter so much? Well, let me tell you. Riley Moss has been in games like this. He has been in physical contests like this. But with Wisconsin only throwing the ball eight to ten times in order to be successful, that makes it actually even more important that Riley Moss can lock down Wisconsin's wide receivers. In order for Iowa to stop the run, they're going to have to load that box. They're going to have to run a 4-3 or a 4-4 in order to stop the run, which could put Iowa in situations where they are playing a little bit more man coverage than what Iowa likes to do. That is the best way, in my opinion, to stop the Wisconsin running attack. You need to have a lot of guys in that box, and you allow your very good corners 
to stop a very below average wide receiver core at Wisconsin. With Riley Moss gone, now you have Terry Roberts stepping in. Now, Terry Roberts played really well, or pretty well, against Purdue, all things considered. However, he is not Riley Moss. He's not up to that level yet. Terry Roberts going to be a big-time player at a certain point, and getting this experience is very crucial for him. And I think he'll be solid, but you would like to have a Riley Moss in there when you might be only playing three defensive backs at any given moment. The other thing to note is when you are on an island in coverage, it is very important that you have sound tackling skills. Now, Riley Moss wasn't the best tackler on the team. Far from it. He was grading out at a 50, which is exactly average according to PFF's grading system, whereas Matt Hankins was grading out above 70. Terry Roberts is grading out at 40.9. So in a limited amount of time, Terry Roberts has missed three tackles. That becomes even more important, again, when you are put on an island at that cornerback spot. As far as what we can expect from the defensive backs, with Riley Moss out, it kind of creates an interesting situation. What does Iowa do? Phil Parker's always talked about getting the best guys on the field at any given time. There's a reason why Iowa went with five defensive backs a couple of years ago when Amani Hooker was there. It was because Geno Stone was also emerging, and Amani Hooker could play a couple different spots. We have that versatility in Dane Belton. But when you're playing a 4-4 or a 4-3, it does change up who your defensive backs are. And now you factor in that Terry Roberts is going to be starting for Riley Moss. So in a 4-3 setting, more than likely you have Terry Roberts at one cornerback spot. You have Matt Hankins at another cornerback spot. You have Jack Kerner at that free safety. And I believe what they'll do is put Dane Belton at that strong safety spot. We've seen that happen against Colorado State. That was Iowa's move. Some people were incorrectly diagnosing Kayvon Merriweather as being injured. No, he played snaps in that game. It was just a, a situation where Iowa felt like they had more to gain or had a better advantage with Dane Belton in the game at that strong safety spot than Kayvon Merriweather. Dane Belton, one of the leaders in the teams in, sa- or in snaps throughout the season, you have to have him in the game. And the fact that he has position versatility and can play that safety spot and also play that corner spot gives Iowa a big advantage there. Now, what happens when Iowa moves to a 4-4-3, which very well could be a possibility if they struggle against Wisconsin's running attack? Well, first and foremost, you're going to have all of your three starting linebackers in, Justin Jacobs, Seth Benson, and Jack Campbell. Who's the fourth guy? I think it's going to be Jay Higgins. Jay Jay Higgins was a tackling machine in high school. He's ready to step up. He's gotten playing time. He's played on the special teams and played pretty well. And he's a guy who I feel like has a little bit more versatility to play several of those spots in the linebacker core and play it well. So Jay Higgins likely stepping in if we're doing a 4-4-3 or maybe Iowa runs a 5-3 with an extra down lineman. And that could be a little bit interesting as well with Phil Parker having a lot of positional versatility along that defensive line and having seven to eight guys he can turn to, we could see that be an option as well. But what do we do from a defensive back perspective? Now, this is really where it gets interesting. Obviously, Matt Hankins is in there. You would have to assume Jack Kerner will also be in there as well, playing that free safety spot. What do you do with that cornerback spot? Do you put Dane Belton there or do you put Terry Roberts in? I'm leaning, I think you would put Dane, Dane Belton. I would think it'd be Dane Belden, Matt Hankins with Jack Kerner over top. You also have the option of doing Terry Roberts, Matt Hankins, and Dane Belton over top. Or you could see Jack Kerner. Personally, if it was me, I'd put Dane Belton and Matt Hankins on the corners, and I would put Jack Kerner over top. That's how I would play a 4-4-3 in my opinion. That way you have a Dane Belton who's been playing close to the line of scrimmage, is a better tackler 
than a Terry Roberts. And you have Jack Kerner who can roam and make sure guys do not get behind him. There's a reason why he was a second team all Big Ten safety last year. It's because he's good. It's because he can stop guys from getting behind him. And that is probably one of the biggest things we have to be a little bit worried about in this game. This is a very good opportunity for Wisconsin to set something up and take a deep shot or two when Iowa is just getting pounded and pounded and pounded with the running attack from Wisconsin. So having Riley Moss out, a big, big loss. Having Deontay Craig out, a solid loss as well. The good news is it sounds like we are going to have Luke Lachey back. Uh, Kirk said that he was practicing this week, which is very good news, especially as Iowa goes up against a very strong defensive line. And as we talked about on, I believe it was yesterday's show, with Iowa's offensive line struggling in pass protection and Wisconsin being a 3-4 team that blitzes from a lot of different areas, you need a bit more protection. We're probably going to see potentially more two tight end sets, having Luke Lachey in there, having Sam Laporte in there to be able to block or chip guys to give Spencer Petras just a bit more time for then Iowa to then take advantage of their secondary with our wide receiver play. And I say take advantage, I mean just attack. We're not taking advantage. This Wisconsin uh, secondary is very strong. The other thing to note is that Cody Ince is also seemingly going to be returning. He's been battling injuries as well. And Kirk made a couple references to Cody or later on in his press conference, which we're going to cover here in a few short seconds. I do, though, want to tell you about Price Picks. Price Picks is for all of you college football fanatics out there. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I personally, I know that you will too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as some of the mid-major players you might not have even heard of. And they offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, you pick an over or under on their projection, and you can 10x your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. And the coolest thing is you can actually mix sports, football and basketball, especially with college basketball starting. You can mix those sports, which makes that a lot of fun. And the entries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Plus, PrizePix offers safe and fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On. That will get you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 for all of you listeners out there making your first deposit. Again, use that promo code Locked On L O C K D O N, and go to their app store or download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And I want to thank you all again for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And before we took a break, we were talking about injuries and how Iowa was going to handle Riley Moss being out. What were they going to do in a 4-3? What were they going to do in a 4-4-3? Now, let's talk a little bit more about what Kirk Ferentz had to say. The offensive line, as we talked about yesterday, has a lot of room for improvement. What I found interesting when digging into the numbers for Wisconsin, though, is that their offensive line also has some room for improvement. Now, they are a very big bunch. They're definitely gelling a little bit more. In the run blocking department, they have been phenomenal. But pass blocking wise, I think they actually might be worse than Iowa. And the statistics actually prove it. Wisconsin is the 21st worst pass blocking team in the nation. Iowa is 22nd. There's a reason why they're not throwing the ball. Graham Mertz, not very good quarterback. Wisconsin's line, also not very good. But what about Iowa's offensive line? What can we do to protect Spencer Petras? We're certainly not going to run the ball nearly as much as Wisconsin does. We're not going to sit there and only throw the ball eight times. I'm sure Kirk would like that, but that will that probably will not happen for a very long time. 
Iowa does need their offensive line to actually be able to protect Spencer Petras. And here's what he had to say, which I thought was a really interesting thing. He said, we're doing some really good things. We had some clean runs the last couple of weeks that were very well executed. What we hope for, some really positive gains. He said there are too many inconsistencies, and that's always a challenge offensively because it does take all 11 to have good execution. He went on to say, we're still young. We're still inexperienced up front. That's probably our biggest challenge. You look at it coming into this season, you have a have as good of a center as there is in college football. Two other guys that are pretty that are pretty big veterans, but both those guys have been limited by injury, which would be Cody Ince and Kyler Schott. The good news is they're working their way back. Hopefully this five weeks, they'll be full speed, and that will help us. But we still got a lot of young guys working. Those guys have a chance to improve more dramatically than a veteran player typically does. That's the race we're running. What does that mean? Well, in Kirk's eyes, this offensive line is is gelling and working well. I think the most important thing to call out about that is the health. He continues to harp on the health of Kyler Schott and Cody Ince. Now, we don't know the details. Kirk doesn't shed a lot of light on those details of what the actual injuries were. In fact, when the one of the reporters asked about Riley Moss and what his actual injury was, Kirk just completely avoided the question. So we don't know exactly what they're dealing with. But it sounds like they have been dealing with something, both of those guys. Kyler Schott, we know, has been a conditioning thing. Cody Ince has been battling several injuries. So has Justin Britt to a degree. So hopefully these two weeks off gets them in the right mood, or the right mode, I guess you could say. Gets them fresh, gets them healthy so they can go out because they're going to have a very physical test against a Wisconsin defensive line that is going to play some smash-mouth football. As far as the younger guys, we mentioned this yesterday as well. You hope they can make big jumps over the next two weeks. And it sounds like Kirk also thinks they have the ability to make those big jumps over two weeks. When you're a young guy, there's so much room for growth. Every week is a new learning experience. Playing against George Karlaftis is a new learning experience. Dealing with that, looking at the tape, you can grow so much faster than a guy like a Tyler Linderbaum who is already very high, very much towards the top of the pinnacle in terms of offensive line play. So there's less room for growth there. And as we talked about yesterday, we've seen after the bye, Iowa has had a better offensive line performance. We saw it in 2019. Hopefully we're going to see it in 2021. The other thing that was asked about the offensive line was the rotations. Now, coming into this season, Cody Ince was described as a guy who could play all five positions. But so far this season, we've only seen him play guard. Connor Colby started out as one of the tackles, but he's been playing guard. So it was asked, what are your expectations for the rotations and the positions? And Kirk said, we're pretty much kind of in the right sections, just a matter of how many snaps they can play per game. So when we've been talking about how do you fix some of these line problems, you know, we're talking about opportunities to maybe move some guys around. It sounds like Connor Colby isn't moving to tackle anytime soon. It sounds like Cody Ince isn't moving to tackle anytime soon. That leaves us now with Mason Richmond on the left and a combo of Nick DeYoung and Jack Plum on the right. Barring an injury or absolutely dreadful play by either Jack or Nick, we're probably not going to see a guy like Tyler Ellsbury, a former four-star recruit. So that's important to note as we're all Iowa fans out there trying to figure out what is this offensive line going to do. It's more than likely pretty much locked up between those eight to nine guys that have already seen snaps for the Iowa Hawkeyes to this point. It's a matter of where those snaps divvied out along the, the offensive line. Now, on yesterday's show, we talked a lot about the mobility of the quarterback position and the fact that sometimes a mobile quarterback can negate some of the deficiencies that you can see from an Iowa or from an offensive line in general. 
And we also talked about the fact that Spencer Petras is literally a tree. Arguably the most immobile quarterback we've had in the Kirk Ferentz era. That's saying something. We had Nate Stanley. Nate Stanley, though, was able to get out of the pocket, and we saw some speed from him. Spencer Petras has shown literally zero capabilities to run the football. Now, we had that quarterback draw, which was bizarre, but there was literally no one else there. He had an open running lane. We have not seen him be able to get out of the pocket. We have not seen him be able to step up and go running up the middle when that happens, which hurts us when we're playing opponents. If they know it's a passing down, those, those defensive ends can just rush right up the field. Even not in the passing now, they don't have to worry about the quarterback running. And when we talked about that, we mentioned the fact that Alex Padilla is a more mobile quarterback. But basically, though, that was probably never going to happen. I've been be- I've actually been very impressed with Spencer Petras when he has time. And Kirk basically said as much. He said, the quarterback situation is especially like that. We're committed to building around the quarterback. I guess what I'm saying, Bethard, probably out of all the guys the last 20 years, at least since Brad, probably the best athlete we've had. That worked pretty well. So did Stanley, though, and Spencer has done pretty well, too, as a starter. We don't necessarily get to pick the guys in a mold like the pro guys do. We're not quite in that ballpark. So it's not that Iowa doesn't want a mobile quarterback. It's just that they haven't found a mobile quarterback that wants to go to Iowa. And if you're a mobile quarterback, why would you? We've seen other dual-threat-type quarterbacks get converted to wide receiver. Marvin McNutt is a great example of that. I believe DJK also played quarterback as well. These guys got converted to wide receiver, and we haven't seen a lot of mobile quarterbacks play for Iowa since Brad Banks. She did Bethard a little. I wouldn't call him the, like he's a he's a mobile quarterback and can can run, but he's not a truly dynamic running threat. But when you look at what Iowa has, they have Alex Padilla behind Spencer Petras. They're not moving to Alex Padilla anytime soon, even though that potentially could help from an offensive line deficiency perspective. So any of you, any of you all out there that want that, it's not happening. Spencer Petras is the guy. And Kirk feels like this offensive line can make some big jumps. Now, coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the wide receivers and also talk a little bit about Wisconsin. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. As you all probably know, if you've listened to the show before, I love Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried it yet, why not? If you haven't tried it yet and you truly are worried about trying a Built Bar, Shoot me a DM. I'll send you a box. Now, if I get more than like three or four requests from this, I'm not, I'm not going to do all that because it costs like 20 bucks to send these boxes. But one or two of you haven't tried a Built Bar, I'll send you one. I got plenty here. That's how good they are. Built Bars are fantastically delicious. But my favorite part is that they're also good for you as well. Low carb, low calories, low fat, low sugar, and most importantly, high in protein. All the healthy benefits while also being incredibly delicious. And this month, they have three to four flavors coming out. Or sorry, flavors coming out every three to four days. I always get that part mixed up. But so check out their website because even if you order Built Bars, there's going to be good stuff coming out. And go to Built.com when you do and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And also, you've heard me talking a lot about bets. I always like to place my bets at betonline.ag because they have a fantastic web interface just in time for the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than they ever had before. BetOnline remains my number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season, and it should be yours as well. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit 
All you need to do is use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Just a reminder, use that promo code locked on so you can get that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And as we were talking about before, we're talking a lot about the mobility of the quarterback position, how well this offensive line has been in Kirk Ferentz's eyes, and also what is Iowa going to do from an injury perspective and how are they going to line up in their defensive formations without Riley Moss and also going up against a very strong running attack for Wisconsin. And on that note, Kirk said, one of the big things coming into this game, as we all know, is that it's going to boil down to playing clean football. If the opportunity does present themselves, then you've got to do something with those opportunities. If you can cash in on enough of them, you have a chance to win. If you don't, you're going to be the loser. Again, ball security is a huge, really huge thing. That was a big thing in this past Saturday's game and also a big thing for us in general. So when you look at Iowa and what they need to do, it is going to be a very conservative game. Spencer has done a pretty good job of that outside of the Purdue game, and granted that was a different situation. But as they know, it is going to be a very physical game. It's going to be a very aggressive game. If anyone remembers that 2015 game, I believe it was 10-6, to 6, it's going to be something like that. I'd be very shocked if it wasn't something like that. Now, when you think about Wisconsin, you think offensive line, defensive line, strong defense. You don't think about the fact they are also huge. There's going to be a huge size advantage between Wisconsin and Iowa. Here's what Kirk had to say about that. I can't imagine there's anybody bigger in the country, man for man, essential on the offensive line. We're probably at the other end of the spectrum, quite frankly, size-wise. If you look at sizes of the offensive line, we're probably the bottom 10%. Everybody is big now on their side. Their guys are big, strong, and physical. They really try to block you. It's been that way. This will be the 23rd year that I've got. I've gotten to witness this firsthand. You know going in what is going to happen. Flip it over on the defensive side. Their interior guys are big. Their linebackers can play center, probably bigger than Tyler Linderbaum. That's how they're wired. That's how they're built. It's really worked well for them. That is a concern. Iowa's defensive line is one of the smallest in the country. We have no guys over 300 in our starting lineup. Or at least we're not averaging over 300 pounds. But that's not important for Iowa's defensive line. Important, What is important for Iowa's defensive line is to take up blockers and allow our linebackers to take down the two Wisconsin running backs. This is a very big game for Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, and Justin Jacobs. It's a huge game for those three. They're going to need to be sound tacklers. And our defensive line is going to need to be able to eat up blocks. They don't need to get their hands on the guys. They need to eat up blocks and allow lanes for the linebackers to get in. That is going to be really huge in this game. The other big thing for Iowa is the fact that they're not going to be able to run very well against this Wisconsin team. I don't expect it. It's just Wisconsin is such a good job. They're going to force Iowa to pass the ball. And I think it's really going to come down to how well our young wide receivers can pick it up and get going. We've talked a lot about this that this week. Keegan Johnson needs to get more snaps. Arlen Bruce needs to get more snaps. And it sounds like Kirk Ferentz is pretty impressed with them. When asked, are these wide receivers competing with the veterans? And how close are they? He said, I'd say pretty close. Yeah, they haven't hit the wall. Maybe it's coming. Hopefully not. But they've been running around doing good things in practice, good things on the game field. We're encouraged by both those guys, speaking to Arlen and to Keegan. They've really grown and done a lot of good things. 
Also, Brody Breck is back on the field now, getting to see him play football, which is good coming off an injury. But overall, we're really happy with those guys. Pr playing pretty much five guys out there, we'll keep rotating them. Wisconsin's defense is sound. Their secondary is sound. If Iowa wants to win this game, they are going to have to throw the ball a couple times to keep that Wisconsin defense honest. You're going to need to see Spencer Petras hit some early completions. That'll soften up that defense so Iowa can get some big runs and they can wear down the clock because the last thing you need to do is give Wisconsin 40 minutes of time of possession. And these two teams are the exact same team. They want to control the clock. But in order for Iowa to control the clock, they need to open it up a little bit so they can then run the ball more effectively. And I think you need to get Keegan Johnson the ball in space. You need to get Arlen Bruce the ball in space. And I think you need to move Tyrone Tracy into the slot. Whether that is happening or whether that happens remains to be seen. The last thing I want to point out, though, is several of the players commented on the fact that they feel fresher than they have since camp. Look at how Purdue played against an Iowa squad that just looked almost sleeping on the field. They just didn't look like they were able or ready to play that game. Seven games in, they had not had a single opportunity to take a rest. This is a big spot for Iowa coming off a of bye week. They have now gotten healthy. They've now gotten fresh. And they're taking on a Wisconsin team that just faced Army and has had a gauntlet of teams as well this season. It's a good spot for Iowa. And I'm really excited to tell you all about what I'm going to predict as far as scores go on Friday. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking with the Locked On Badgers host, Asher Lowe and Ben Kenzie, I believe is his last name. Probably butchered that, but check that out as well. And I also want to remind you to go check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast hosted by Nate Dickinson. He has guests on every single day as they break down all the news and storylines across the Big Ten. Highly recommend it. You can find that podcast or YouTube show anywhere you get the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast as well. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Have a phenomenal Wednesday. And as always, y'all, let's go Hawks.